for the next little while I shall be going through the two letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, chapter by chapter, letter by letter. God granting me His grace. The letters between the Apostle Paul and Timothy have always drawn me to the close relationship that these two individuals had with one another. It is the reality of their shared faith, and the affection that Paul had for Timothy, and that Timothy obviously had for Paul, that authenticates the honesty and sincere sharing that existed between these two men. It is their shared faith and devotion to God the Father, Jesus the Christ, and to the leading of God's Holy Spirit, plus their caring for one another, that permeates the correspondence from Paul to Timothy. It is correspondence that bypasses the common exchange of niceties, that one might find, between two men of lesser acquaintance. This is meat of God's Holy Word, being provided from the elder to the younger, as a father, to a son. And there is much herein that we can learn. What follows is what I have gleaned thus far, from studying and praying over, these two letters. 1 Timothy 1 1 NASP Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus according to the commandment of God our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope. The initial greeting in 1 Timothy is noteworthy. Paul states his calling and the authority by whom he has been called, according to a commandment of God our Savior, God the Father, from whom our salvation originates, and of Christ Jesus, who is the means by which God the Father has made salvation available to us, through His Son, who is our hope. 1 Timothy 1 2 NASP To Timothy, my true Son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice that Timothy's calling was orchestrated by God, through the ministry of Paul. Notice how the inclusion of the word true cements what is established within their shared faith. Notice the sequence of blessings called upon from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord, grace, mercy, peace. Grace because God is our source and without Him we can accomplish nothing. Mercy because of the inadequacies found solely within ourselves. Peace because in spite of our inadequacies, and because of God's grace, His provision, and mercy, we have inner peace with God. 1 Timothy 1 3-4 NASP Just as I urged you upon my departure for Macedonia, to remain on at Ephesus so that you would instruct certain people not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, which give rise to useless speculation rather than advance the plan of God, which is by faith, so I urge you now. In 1 Timothy 1 we find Paul instructing Timothy, as a father might instruct his own son, to stay at Ephesus and to instruct certain people there not to teach strange doctrines. Pay attention to myths or to endless genealogies because they lead to useless speculation that does not advance the plan of God, which is always centered entirely in faith in God. What might qualify as a strange doctrines? That would be any doctrine that does not agree with, or is contrary to, the doctrines as provided by the apostles themselves, as now given within God's holy word. Consequently, biblical doctrines must not violate or be contrary to, other biblical doctrines. Alternate sources, other than the Holy Scriptures, are invariably, also, a source of strange doctrines. And what would qualify as myths? That would be concerns, which are not in accordance with advancing the plan of God. Our focus is to be centered in God's plan of salvation, God's kingdom, God's promises in His Word and His provision promised to us. Off-ramps abound, do not get distracted from advancing God's plan of salvation. 1 Timothy 1 5-7 NASP But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from a sincere faith. Some people have strayed from these things and have turned aside to fruitless discussion, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. Notice what the goal of our, Paul's and Timothy's, instruction is to be focused on. Love from a pure heart. From a good conscience and from a sincere faith. That would be love as originating from God, 
according to his heart, his thoughts, his ways, and not that which originates within those who are not born of God, or those who are focused on their own purposes. That would be a good conscience, that all which is being done, is done in accordance with God's will and according to his purposes. God's will and purposes are not always in line with our will and our purposes. That would be from a sincere faith, a faith that relies on God's provision and God's guidance, in line with God's purposes. If all instruction that was given by those who teach, was given in line with these prerequisites of focus and goals, might not much teaching be very different from what we oftentimes hear? Notice the consequences of not focusing on these prerequisites. Straying from these stated goals. Turning aside to fruitless discussion. Wanting to be seen or acknowledged as teachers of the law, in spite of the reality that they do not understand what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. How does this happen, even today? Change the goals, encourage fruitless discussion by entering into it ourselves and encouraging others to do likewise. According to what I see Paul advocating, focus is critical. The good conscience aspect alone should cause us concern when we see the logic that is oftentimes used to justify the determined end state by overlooking the means utilized to achieve same. A sincere faith relies on the means placed at our disposal within His Holy Word, and not our own. 1 Timothy 1, 8-11 NASP But we know that the law is good, if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that law is not made for a righteous person but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and worldly, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, for the sexually immoral, homosexuals, slave traders, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, with which I have been entrusted. Here Paul talks about the Mosaic Law and its divine purpose. Pointing out that ultimately it serves to correct those who are not righteous, who are lawless and rebellious, ungodly and sinners, unholy and worldly. Paul provides examples and concludes with a summary of whatever else is contrary to sound teaching, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, with which he has been entrusted. Key words are contrary to and according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God. That would be the gospel, the good news, of Jesus Christ Paul is talking about. And so, not to understate the grace that Paul himself has been shown, in accordance with walking in accordance with the law, Paul continues. 1 Timothy 1 12-17 NASP I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me, because He considered me faithful, putting me into service, even though I was previously a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor. Yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord was more than abundant, with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement, deserving full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost. Yet for this reason I found mercy, so that in me as the foremost sinner Jesus Christ might demonstrate His perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in Him for eternal life. Now to the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the Only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I find it noteworthy that the Apostle Paul takes the time to remind Timothy of his own errors in judgment and the mercy which he himself has been shown by God. Note the adjectives he associates with his own actions. Blasphemer. Persecutor. Violent aggressor. Ignorant in unbelief. Foremost sinner. Note the adjectives Paul associates with how God ministered unto him, through his only begotten Son. Strengthen me. Considered me faithful. Shown mercy. Put me into service. Abundant grace found in Jesus Christ. Faith and love found in Jesus Christ. Perfect patience shown in Jesus Christ. 
Paul serves as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Paul concludes with now to the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. That is Paul telling Timothy how it is. No swelled head there on Paul's part at all. God's sheer grace in action, in Paul, and the honor and glory go to the King Eternal. I don't think anyone could state the how it is any clearer, to anyone. And Paul shares this with his spiritual son whom he shares his faith in God with, and whom he obviously loves. If that isn't setting the record straight, I don't know what is. 1 Timothy 1 20 NASP This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight, keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. Among these are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan, so that they will be taught not to blaspheme. What Paul says next should really grab our hearts. The command to which Paul was entrusted, Paul entrusts to Timothy. That is heavy. Why did Paul indicate this? I suspect there are a number of reasons but one of them had to do with prophecies, note the plural, given, by God, through His Holy Spirit, concerning Timothy. And these prophecies, note the them, must have indicated that Timothy would indeed fight the good fight, keeping the faith and a good conscience, towards God. You can't get any better assurance than that. And Paul felt confident in trusting his command to the entrustment of Timothy. Even knowing Paul, as little as I do, we know Paul would not take that step lightly. Paul concludes by indicating that some, Hymenaeus and Alexander, have rejected keeping the faith and maintaining a good conscience towards God, and have suffered shipwreck accordingly, in regard to their faith. To those who would say that maintaining a good conscience towards God and all that they do is not important, this scripture would indicate otherwise. Paul indicates he is whom I have handed over to Satan, so that they will be taught not to blaspheme. While there is some disagreement to what assigning them to Satan specifically means, I personally am of the opinion that is expressed here. Worthy is the lamp. Blessings.